0: From Washington, this is Talking Tax. I'm Siri Belusu. I'm Amanda Icaun. Today, we're speaking with Martin Kreienbaum, chair of the OECD Committee on Fiscal Affairs and director general of international taxation at Germany's Federal Ministry of Finance. Thank you so much for joining us, Martin.
1: Thanks for having me.
0: Last week, the OECD released a paper on the digitalized economy. And this is meant to be a package that will shape the new global consensus on international taxation. Did you find that this paper advanced the conversation further from where it was at the start of the year?
1: Absolutely. I do think uh, it's fair to say that this paper is a major milestone in international tax policy. Um, 129 uh, member states of the inclusive framework have agreed that we explore the options that are contained in that paper and this paper now serves as, as a basis for our future work over the next months.
0: What guidance was available to different countries looking at OECD recommendations that appeared in this paper as compared to the proposals that came out February and March?
1: So this paper is pretty much based on the results of the public consultation process that took place in March and uh, we have intensively discussed different options uh, with business uh, and academics and other stakeholders in the public consultation process. This paper now is basically the result of that process uh, and we are now discussing different options uh, under two pillars contained in this paper, one of which concentrates on the allocation of taxing rights and the other one on minimum taxation.
0: So these two pillars that are aimed at addressing taxing the digitalized economy, can you walk us through what each pillar does?
1: Yes, sure. Pillar one and pillar two, first of all, address two different issues, but we think they are linked to each other. Pillar 1 addresses the issue of international allocation of taxing rights and would look at a reallocation of taxing rights under certain conditions, under certain circumstances. Uh, Under pillar one we are discussing three different proposals, Uh, the first one of which is a proposal that still tries to ring fence and to isolate digital business from non-digital business and would allocate taxing rates uh, in specific cases of digital business to market jurisdictions or to jurisdictions where the consumer or the, the user is based. Pillar two uh, takes a broader perspective uh, and uh, operates on the basis of marketing intangibles and would allocate more taxing right to market jurisdictions in the cases of exploitation of marketing intangibles in those jurisdictions. Pillar um, proposal three, the third proposal, uh, is the broadest one uh, under um, under pillar one and uh, would seek to allocate uh, taxing rights to market jurisdictions based on sales only. Under Pillar 2, uh, we seek to address uh, low-tax uh, situations uh, which in the end is a logical continuation of the BEPS-1 project uh, and we, w- we seek to address that problem by introducing a minimum taxation. The two pillars are linked to each other because we think that the results on that the outcome on the two pillars would mutually reinforce each other.
0: So why is it important to have a two-pronged approach like that?
1: For a very political reason. Uh, There is a group of countries that thinks that the main problem in the area of the taxation of the digital economy is still in the area of ongoing profit shifting. Uh, And this group of countries thinks that uh, we should address that by introducing a minimum effective taxation. And there is another group of countries uh, that thinks that the main focus uh, should be on a reallocation of taxing rights to market jurisdictions. And um, in order to accommodate all interests in that discussion, and they are both under the umbrella of the um, taxation of a digital economy, uh, we have linked the two pillars to each other and addressed them both.
0: A lot of what's talked about with allocation of taxing rights is fairness and how jurisdictions decide how to split up the pie. How much of that debate is formulaic and mechanical, and how much of it gets into kind of philosophical questions about taxation and value creation?
1: The fairness of taxation, in my view, is a philosophical question and will remain a philosophical question. It is extremely hard to answer that question, what is fair taxation or when is taxation fair? And uh, I'm pretty sure that this question will remain unanswered. But on the other hand, uh, many politicians around the world got the feeling that the existing system in the allocation of international taxing rights on business profits is not fair anymore. So this, I think, is the starting point of the problem
0: Germany has been one of the biggest champions of a global minimum tax plan. Some parties are calling this BEPS 2.0 because it's addressing the same issues. Why is this the right time to talk about a minimum tax when addressing the digital economy?
1: Pillar two is the logical continuation of the work we have done In the BEPS project. Uh, Within the BEPS project we addressed situations like hybrid situations, we addressed uh, excess interest situations, Uh, we addressed allocation of taxing rights um, situations under action items 8 to 10. Meanwhile in 2018 the G20, uh, the 20 largest economies of the world, They have agreed that we should speed up the work on the digital economy. So the logical answer is to finish that business now. There is now a a huge political pressure uh, to make progress uh, on the taxation of the digital economy. And that includes both perspectives, the allocation of taxing rights, rights, which are covered by pillar one, and also the minimum taxation and low tax situations covered by pillar two.
0: What is it that a global minimum tax seeks to accomplish, and are there any specific corporate behaviors that that tax would be targeting?
1: First of all, it is important to realize that we are not talking about limiting tax sovereignty of countries. Countries would remain free, even under Pillar 2, to set their tax rates wherever they want. Pillar 2 is on restoring the sovereignty of countries uh, to react to low-tax situations. So the addressee of Pillar 2 is not the taxpayer, it is countries. And there is also no negative connotation uh, with taxpayers' behavior. Uh, Pillar 2 would only look at the factual situation. If that is an effective low-tax situation, then Pillar 2 would kick in.
0: So a handful of countries have proposed uh, or started to adopt unilateral measures. Why is it that even though these are kind of talked about as interim measures you know prior to consensus being reached, why is that throwing a wrench in reaching consensus?
1: There's a lot of political pressure in a number of countries. And some countries have already implemented uh, measures at a domestic level or are in the process of implementing them at a domestic level. And the main argument uh, in those countries is uh, that they cannot wait any longer for an international consensus-based solution and that, that they would need to act immediately. So we do hope that we, in the end, would um, arrive at an international consensus that makes it possible that those uh, domestic uh, unilateral measures will be abolished.
0: So the OECD has said it wants to reach broad consensus by early 2020 so that um, technicalities can be worked out over the course of the year. Does that seem like a really ambitious timeline for you?
1: Indeed. Uh, It is an extremely ambitious timeline. Uh, We have to finalize a report for the G20 by the end of 2020, which means that we need to agree on the broader tax policy lines before the end of 2020 and uh, hopefully already by the end of this year or the beginning of next year. We have agreed on an extremely ambitious work plan and I think everybody involved in that discussion is aware that there is a lot of pressure on us and that the world is looking at the OECD and the inclusive framework to produce concrete outcome in the context of the taxation of the digital economy. We are also all aware that one of the overarching objectives of the whole exercise is to avoid a fragmented landscape, uh, is to avoid a variety of unilateral measures implemented by different countries. So in the interest of that overall objective, uh, to retain a stable international framework in which companies and countries can operate. I think it is in everybody's interest to at least try to achieve and to produce concrete results by 2020. We are mandated by the G20 uh, to produce a final concrete outcome uh, by 2020 which means by the end of 2020 Uh, We hope to uh, agree on the broader tax policy lines relatively soon uh, in order to have sufficient time to do the technical work supporting the tax policy objective.
0: Some countries are going to get more uh, taxing rights, which means more revenue, and some countries are going to lose their taxing rights, lose revenue. um, But perhaps that's in exchange for tax certainty. So is it possible to somehow codify that in a way that ensures future audits aren't going to pop up on some of the principles that are disagreed upon right now?
1: First of all, uh, all countries um, engaged in the discussion of the taxation of the digital economy are highly interested in the stability of the system in a stable framework that rules the international allocation of taxing rights. It is also clear that when it comes to a more or less fundamental reform uh, in the international allocation of taxing rights, not everybody will win. And then the question is, what would those countries get in return? And one of the overarching objectives here is uh, that uh, we would look for increased tax certainty, and that includes also the avoidance or mechanisms uh, for the avoidance of double taxation, uh, which, for example, could be uh, improved MAP procedures, mutual agreement procedures, and also arbitration, for example.
0: What would that end product look like? Is it some combination of new tax treaties, uh, the MLI? Um and, and how do you see all of that unfolding and being implemented?
1: The work program contains a number of options and elements that would be implemented in different ways. Uh, some of them uh, would have to be implemented by treaty law. And it m- might well be that we would make again use of the multilateral instrument uh, that the OECD has developed in the context of the BEPS program and by which the worldwide uh, treaty network uh, can be changed in a relatively short period of time. There are other measures uh, that can be implemented on the basis of domestic law, and then the question is what the uh, binding character of the OECD outcome in the end would be, what the binding nature is, the binding force of the outcome uh, which we agree on in the end.
0: Is there a very long German word that you use in your office to describe the chaos (laughs) of the current international tax landscape?
1: Actually, there isn't. No, unfortunately not. No. (laughs) Well,
0: thank you so much for joining us today. Thank you, Siri. Now, this week's top news. Retailers and restaurants added billions of dollars in lease liabilities to their first quarter balance sheets, reflecting new accounting for leased assets. But for some companies, that more accurate picture of their operating costs, coupled with technical changes in the rules, resulted in a drag on earnings and store level margins, catching some investors by surprise. Illinois Governor J.B. Pritzker is set to approve a slate of tax increases. The tax changes are part of an $85 billion spending plan The bills would raise revenue through legalized sports betting, expanded opportunities for casino gambling, and rules that require remote sellers to collect sales tax. Final rules from the IRS related to the cap on state and local tax deductions could be released soon. The White House has reviewed the proposed guidance and sent it back to the Treasury Department. The IRS is expected to curb state efforts to preserve the tax perk and could further inflame opponents of the $10,000 cap which has affected homeowners in high-tax states like New York and New Jersey. That's it for this week's edition of Talking Tax. I'm Amanda Icone. And I'm Suri Belusu. Thanks for listening. You probably have a lot of questions about the environment. Well, so do we. Are we talking like radioactive chemicals? or Is this becoming sort of irrelevant if the US doesn't participate in this? What's going on here? How far did the Trump administration go? And Is mining really better down where it's wetter? Climate change, chemicals, water pollution, you name it. If it's in the environment, we're talking about it. Listen to Bloomberg Environment's official podcast, Parts Per Billion, wherever you get your podcasts. And of course, get up-to-the-minute reporting at our website, news.bloombergenvironment.com.